Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Reams, and today we're going to the anatomy of a brand deal in esports. To do that, I have 100 Thieves VP of Esports, Jacob Toft Anderson, and Harman's Global Director of Marketing uh, Communications, Michael Craig. I'd introduce 100 Thieves, but you're listening to an esports podcast, so I know you know about the Nadeshot-founded organization that sells out streetwear in minutes and boasts Drake and legendary agent Scooter Braun as backers. Harmon may be a little more unfamiliar to our audience, but you know the brand's under it. Harmon International is a Samsung company that markets its products under brands like Becker, Crowd, and Infinity, but gamers are most likely familiar with Harmon's JBL. It's a legacy audio company. JBL has been around for decades. Recently, the company expanded into esports, starting with a partnership with 100 Thieves. Jacob, Michael, thanks for joining the show. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. I rarely get both sides of a major partnership on the podcast, so we're really going to be breaking down this deal uh, from both perspectives and see how the cookie crumbles, really, when it comes down to how these deals happen. You see all the headlines, you see the products being worn by the players. We're going to dive into really the steps that lead up to the creation of a brand deal like this one. So starting out from the early stages, which side reached out first? Was it JBL making the step over to 100 Thieves or 100 Thieves reaching out to JBL? Do you guys remember? I'm pretty sure we were the ones that um, initiated the contact um, th through an agency that we were working with at the time to really help us to craft our approach to uh, to esports and to gaming in general. So I, I think we were the first ones to uh, to... to to, to extend the hand. Absolutely. Jacob, do you remember when those conversations started and what the energy was like as you reached out? You know, this is a space that's really filled with a lot of endemic partners. JBL, here's a legacy audio brand reaching out to you. Remember what those early conversations were like? Yeah, I think excitement is always uh, key in, in figuring out these partnerships and, and really looking at our brand and, and who we position ourselves with we need partnerships that we that we truly get behind and are excited about. Uh, so with JBL, obviously, uh, premium quality products, uh, something we feel like we represent in the space of esports. So uh, while I can't remember the the start time or who initiated it, I, I do remember, you know, sort of the the sense of feeling in the room once we uh, came over the initial hurdle of introductions, and that you know that was one of excitement. Absolutely. I can only imagine. This seems like a trend that's happened this year of these really log-running brands entering esports. We've seen that with Herman Miller, for example, in the Complexity Partnership. You've got a brand that well outdates video games, much less esports, getting into the space, promising, hey, we've got this great product that's been used by all these other industries, and now we want to be involved in esports. Michael, from your perspective, why was JBL uh, a natural fit for esports? So I, I think you know to to answer that it was it's, we were looking at this more as a great fit for gaming and where we think that gaming is is going in the future. If you take a look at um, how the the graphics within the games have evolved over the last you know fifteen or twenty years, like it it, it is you know grown in leaps and bounds. And so the realism that's now uh, prevalent and present in games. Um, you know, really helps to create the super immersive experience for gamers, and we felt like sound was the piece that was that was lagging in that equation. Um, and so our whole idea was, 
we want the, the gamers to actually be able to hear the game in the same way that they see it. Um, and when we identified that as a need in the space, that's when we knew it was time for us to actually enter. We didn't want to be just another brand that said, hey, gaming looks cool, let's do that. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we were actually bringing something new to the table and, and, and actually you know, solving a need that we thought uh, consumers in the gaming space might have. Um, and, and that was really the, the, the whole impetus for us deciding to get into gaming. Absolutely. And every gamer knows how important audio is. You mentioned how graphics are improving. Well, sound is improving as well, especially in the battle royales. Uh, sound is so important. You have 360 degree view and there's always people either above, below and identifying where they are and reacting to it is becoming an increasingly important part of being successful in esports. Jacob, you have a background as a professional player. Could you talk about how audio matters, especially at the highest levels of, of the modern video game? Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, uh, the BRs, but I think um, the, the shooter genre in general, audio is one of the most primary importance of, of, uh, of our performance, right? So when we first started this conversation, and it aligned sort of when we uh, just picked up our Counter-Strike team as well, um, both Counter-Strike, Fortnite, now Valorant, Call of Duty, Call, uh, everything, right? Sound is so very pivotal to to our players' performance. So it was one of the uh, the first conversations that I remember having was making sure that whoever we partnered with on the audio category, it would be a product that we were excited to use and that all of our players could get behind uh, and use on a daily basis because of how how big of an importance it has to on the products uh, on the performance side. Um, so it was uh, very reassuring. I remember Maddie from from our team coming into the conversation saying, "Listen, it's got it's going to be JBL. I'm really excited about this. What are your concerns here? Because I'm mostly on the performance side with our teams." Um, and so, speaking on behalf of all of our players and and going into the the competitions, it's important that we have, uh, you know, state of the art. Uh, hardware when uh, when we're playing whether that's mouse and keyboard or audio absolutely you're only as good as your equipment well actually that's a lie you could be better than your equipment plenty of times but at the highest level those little those little differences really make uh, a big deal michael as you look at entering gaming esports and gaming is a bit of a different challenge uh, as jacob mentioned audio is so so important how is the company making sure that as you got into gaming, as you were starting to market more towards gamers, you had the product that could back it up and had everything that a gamer was looking for in the product. Yeah, so I think it started with actually you know, talking to gamers. Even you know before we started to put pen to paper on designing the product, we really wanted to understand from gamers what, what was important. And I think a lot of the things that Jacob just mentioned were things that really started to rise to the top. You need to be able to hear everything. Your teammates need to be able to hear you. And then you also need to have the comfort to be able to wear the headset for, for multiple hours on end through any gaming session, practice session, et cetera. And so, you know, we started with those kind of being the, the three key inputs. Um, and then from there, you know, continuing to check in with, with, with gamers along the way to make sure that we were on the right path. And even after the product was completed, um, as we started to reach out to, to camps like 100 Thieves, um, the, the whole idea that, you know, um, that our product would work for these teams was super important to us because, you know, as a brand that is not known to be in gaming, does not have any credibility in gaming, um, we know that the easiest way 
for us to start to gain that credibility is to have folks that do have credibility within the space um, actually vouching for us and vouching for the product that we produce. And so if we're not engaging in those conversations, if we're not you know, hearing the feedback from, from the gamers um, and adjusting and, and, and making those improvements along the way, um, then we know that you know our credibility will be shot before we even get started, and um, it, it won't really you know bode well for our our success within the space. And so it it, it really is about understanding what what was important to gamers, um, and, and really trying to to over deliver on those. Absolutely, that's that's what's really important, and you could tell when people have understood gamers when the, when the product comes out. And you listen to it, you're like, okay, they're prioritizing the right things. I have all the different adjustments I need to get my mic right, to get my comms right, to make sure the uh, whatever the game calls for is being delivered to me through the headphones. Jacob, you mentioned in your previous answer about some of the other partners. And no, 100 Thieves has been around for a while, and they've had plenty of audio partners and other gaming peripheral partners uh, through that time. Could you talk about the positives of bringing in a legacy brand like JBL, but then also sort of deviating from the course? People are so used to, oh, it's SteelSeries. Oh, it's HyperX. Here are these brands that have been marketed to gamers for a long time, are almost synonymous with esports events, and a lot of streamers... Uh, are just wearing them all the time, you're switching up a little bit by going with JBL. Can you talk about how that process works uh, and why it made sense for 100 Thieves to break the mold a little bit? Yeah, I think that goes very well in line with what we've established with our brand ourselves, you know, standing out and creating um, a niche of our own and really dictating which direction we want to go in rather than just be one of many. And so I think what you spoke on is that a lot of the endemic partnerships that we usually see are shared and spread among amongst all of the teams, right? So if you look at all the, the other tier one organizations and teams, they very often seem to have the same partners across the board. Uh, and so for us, it, it's about looking at partnerships where they're obviously mutually beneficial and um, where we are you know the, the the primary real estate and and the and the number one partner for them and vice versa uh and so going with with jpl rather than than the more tried and tested across our industry was you know almost a, a no-brainer for us in that regard absolutely and i'm happy to see these legacy brands enter esports because i think the quality of the product is always going to be very high and this is true of of Herman Miller and the gaming chairs as well. Herman Miller has been a little more aggressive calling out uh, some of the gaming chair brands that have existed. But it's a it's true that there's a legacy brands that have done audio for, I think JBL was founded in the 1940s, something like that, almost uh, a century of audio work. That brings something. That legacy matters in, in some ways of, of how the company uh, and its reputation for products and you know what products it's produced over its long history. Yeah, and that, that's something that's actually really important to us. And so, you know, we knew that it was going to be, you know, important for us to be vetted properly by any of the, the gaming um, uh, organizations, esports teams, um, and influencers that we reached out to. Um, but we also wanted to make sure that we were doing a, a, a level of vetting on our on our own. Um, 
because we, we do take pride in, in our history and sound. We do take pride in the products that we produce. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, if we're, we're going to enter into a partnership, it's one that's going to provide you know, the proper platform uh, for the products to shine. And so um, I, I think what we found in 100 Thieves is, is really a partner that was really going to allow us to, to grow within the space, be flexible in terms of how we would how we would engage, which became even more important as, you know, the, the, the partnership actually kicked off. But obviously one that, again, has a, a strong and loyal following um, and, and folks who really look to them to, to kind of see what they're doing. And all of those things really you know, serve to, to create that proper mix of, uh, you know, what we thought we would need to be successful as we tried, tried to break into the space. Definitely. And it seems like a very well-received partnership so far. It's not always a guarantee as a non-endemic brand comes into the space that they're going to be well-received. But the, the response to JBL is seemed very positive from what I've uh, consumed out there on social media. Jacob, switching gears just a little bit, uh, I was really excited to talk with you, talk with somebody from 100 Thieves, because over this pandemic, the trend that has stuck out the most has been uh, this confluence of all of these mainstream celebrities getting involved further into gaming platforms, whether that's a, a charity event, uh, some of the NBA 2K tournaments, the FIFA tournaments that featured athletes, whether that's somebody like Logic seating, signing an exclusive streaming deal with Twitch. There's been this massive push of celebrities embracing gaming as the pandemic has stopped events. And I think that trend, uh, 100 Thieves deserves a lot of credit for that trend based on what the company was doing in the years previous. You know, this is Drake and Scooter Braun getting involved with the company. This is NBA players wearing 100 Thieves merch as they do a walk-in to the arena to play a game. Can you talk about how all these digital cultures have come together into gaming? Athletes, musicians, actors are all coming into gaming and how 100 Thieves is positioned right at that axis. Yeah, honestly, I think the answer is pretty straightforward. Like, uh, Everyone games, right? Everyone plays video games. And I think uh, whether you're a, a sports athlete or you're a, a musician or an actor or whatever it may be, if we're talking the entertainment industry, they all play video games to some degree when they have their downtime and they need to um, you know, find some, some way of, of stress relief that isn't necessarily just watching Netflix or uh, whatever it may be. And so I think the... The, the mutual excitement and passion for gaming, you know, we've we've seen Drake sit and play Fortnite and actually be very good at it. Um, tons and tons of both NFL and NBA stars are playing, if not Call of Duty, then then other games um, such as Fortnite. And and so I think it's just that shared passion for for playing these video games that uh, we just ended up being, you know, at the uh, at the the right place at the right time with uh, with someone in in nature specifically that they all more or less uh, have a great understanding of who is a lot of them especially for the NBA players grew up knowing who he was from Call of Duty so while you and I may idolize NBA players I think when you're in that endemic system they will oftentimes look outside and and, and look at wait who, who's really great at, at the things that we're excited about and wish we were better at. So when you're looking at some uh, someone who's excited about, for instance, Call of Duty, you can't get around Nate Shot. And so a lot of them have probably watched him through high school and college and so forth uh, and grew up while, you know, playing basketball. They've watched Nate Shot in, the, in their uh, off time. And so um, I think, it's, yeah, again, to, to come back to it, it's just a... Uh, 
a shared passion for video games. Uh, and I think uh, we've done a, a, a great job at, at being um, creating this gateway for them to, to get in and be involved with uh, gaming and esports as a whole. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that I would add to that is, you know, in addition to having you know just that overlap and in interest and that shared passion, I think it also takes you know visionaries like like Nate Shot and you know and the team over at Hundred Thieves to to realize that in this moment you're able to pull gaming from being just an activity or just a hobby or just a pastime to its own separate pillar of culture. Like it, it is now a thing that can stand alone um, as, as, you know, as a, as a pillar that operates kind of outside of everything else that again, NBA players and rappers and actors and, you know, other various athletes look to not just to pass the time, but also, Hey, what are those guys over there doing? Like, these are now things that I, I, I also want to replicate. These are now, you know, additional sources of, um, you know, of, of, of fashion inspiration, of lifestyle inspiration, um, things that used to only come from the established entertainment space are now also coming in from the gaming space as well. Definitely. The coolest thing about it has been, Jacob, like you mentioned, and, and Michael, you as well, the athletes were always playing games. Artists were always playing games. They just weren't talking about it nearly as much. They were, they were playing Call of Duty all the time, but now with the rise of uh, live streaming with Instagram lives and all these different ways to connect. And then the pandemic really heightened it as everybody was stuck at home. It was like, oh, you play video games? Oh, you play video games? Oh, every single NBA player under the age of 25 is playing video games? <laughs> For JBL, this, you're a legacy brand that has a long-standing relationship with the NBA, with a lot of musicians. How does this crossover, this connection of culture and all these mainstream celebrities getting more involved in gaming and talking about gaming more make this a great time for JBL to partner with an esports organization. Yeah, and again it it, it takes um you know amazing uh partnerships like the one that we have with the NBA and and, and our NBA players um and really allows us to amplify it. I mean, we have, you know, NBA superstars like Zach Levine who are also passionate gamers, like, you know, known for slam dunks but also becoming more and more known um, you know, for for his activity on on Twitch with, you know, 2K and Call of Duty. Um it, it allows us to it allows them to actually build a stronger relationship to the people that were already following them. So the fans that, you know, Zach already had um from from his exploits on the basketball court are now able to spill over into to seeing what he was doing off the basketball court, which became even more important during a time like, you know, the coronavirus where people were um, at home and struggling to find, you know, different ways to stay entertained. Now if you can tap into your, your favorite NBA's NBA players um, Twitch stream and really see an, another, you know, another part of their personality and really see how they engage on another platform. Um, it really only helps to heighten the, the the star quality of that that individual, which only then helps to uh, to, to really underscore um, the, the value of our relationship, you know, to these NBA players and, and and to to other folks in these other entertainment walks of life. So it's been extremely amazing for us, and, and we we hope it continues to grow in that way, which I'm sure it will. It doesn't seem like it has any chance of slowing down, at least. You mentioned how these athletes are, are on Twitch streams. And one of the coolest things that I've noticed recently is you used to see uh, mainstream celebrities would go on Twitch, but they wouldn't really interact with chat much. And over the last few months, there's been a very concerted effort where athletes realize that being on a Twitch streamer, the gameplay 
ultimately nobody's going on to a celebrities player to watch them play Call of Duty, really. They want to connect with that person. And that's what gaming has always been about. You know, uh, maybe at the highest level, you want to watch somebody who's really good at a game. But generally, you want to watch somebody who's pretty good at a game who's also really entertaining personality. That's what uh, Nature, that's a guy like Courage, who signed to 100 Thieves, is really good at the game. But really, it's his personality that keeps thousands and thousands of people tuning into him day after day. And that's what athletes, actors, musicians, take your pick, have all figured out on Twitch recently is that, hey, it's actually more about me interacting with fans and reading comments and, and being active in that sense. And so that's made these celebrity streams really fun to watch because it's a really unprecedented access towards these people. And you do it all while watching a video game, which is just great. And doing so in a way that actually allows you to... to have that exchange be mostly positive, right? Um, there's so many instances where, you know, athletes were trying to respond to people who had added them in their, you know, on Twitter or, you know, showing up in their comments or showing up in their mentions. And a lot of times those engagements weren't as positive, whereas now there's, a, a again, a shared passion, a shared interest um, that the NBA player and the casual fan um, can, can really overlap on. And, and in a lot of instances, you know, the casual fan could even you know be a better Call of Duty player than the NBA player is. And so there's you know tips that can be shared and, and, and cordial exchanges that can happen within that platform. Again, that just is, are, are not as prevalent in, uh, in other social media channels and other other ways where where uh, consumers were looking to connect. Definitely. Yeah, the positive interaction aspect is a great point. Social media is inherently negative, it feels like, especially lately. And so Twitch does have a positive feel a lot more often than, not always, not going to give Twitch chat credit for always being positive, but sometimes, <laughs> a lot of right. times, slightly more positive. <laughs> Jacob, from your perspective, 100 Thieves, again, right at this intersection, at this intersection, even before coronavirus shuts everything down and everyone's playing video games, how is the organization approaching this niche and this newfound passion for uh, streaming and celebrities getting involved in gaming? Are you having more conversations with celebrities, people who want to play with some of your esports? Michael mentioned uh, getting tips from players. I think that's one of the big benefits. If I was a, an NBA player and I could get coached up by a, by a great Valor player, I'd be doing that 100 times all, all day long, all day long. Are you seeing more and more celebrities interested in what 100 Thieves is doing, interested in esports and gaming in general? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's there's uh, there's a, a wide array of of interest from from all walks of life. Uh, so it, it's not just from a um, an NBA perspective or or the music industry. It, it's across anything and everything that we can even imagine and think of. Um, and so I think that the, the common interest around us specifically is that a lot of the times it's people who's either uh, already fans of the organization or, or people who think that what we're doing is just, you know, incredibly interesting, very cool and so forth. Um, so w with, with the, uh, with the unfortunate situation of the pandemic, uh, we've definitely seen a, an increase in how much attention we're getting in just about any of our respective uh, avenues, whether it's content, esports specific, um, and so forth. So it's uh, it's it's uh, it 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 has its upsides, if I can say <laughs> put it that way. Uh, it, being in in gaming and esports in general, when everyone's uh, sitting at home and are quarantining or at least staying indoors for for the better period of the year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm always cautious about uh, people who've listened to this podcast. We've talked about the coronavirus at length, as you can imagine, for a podcast that publishes eight episodes a month uh, for the last five months. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> what, what we're always careful to mention is that, you know, coronavirus has not been a real positive for esports. This is what people have always talked about. The The human toll of the virus is way more damaging than any potential positive returns that esports gets. So I think our listeners, we've, we've covered that at length, but that's you know always an important caveat as we talk about this. Now, after we, we say that, this has also created some new trends, a very unique circumstance that the world has never seen, at least the modern world has, not, has never dealt with. And so it creates trends like these celebrities playing video games. But again, always important to mention that the coronavirus is worse for everything. Nothing, nothing is a benefit out of out of a deadly virus. So, uh, always want to make sure that that's mentioned on on any podcast because I, I you do fall into the trap of like, wow, this has been a really interesting trend for gaming. Uh, but important to, to remember that you know this is not a good thing in general. And there's a lot of gaming companies that have been really hurt by this a lot of the esports events companies so whenever anybody says oh wow this has been a great moment for esports it's like yeah no i don't don't say that that's not not not, not really my favorite my favorite topic not that any of you are but just to just to be clear you see that pop up on mainstream media all the time but this overlap of gaming popular culture jacob back to you i'm curious how you've seen modern esports organizations evolve over your time in esports now we're at a plate where almost every major esports organization has some celebrity investors some have a lot some have a few uh, but generally there's different investors and in everything how have you seen esports organizations evolve from really just hubs of competitive teams to these uh, bastions of popular culture where there's streamers and influencers. Uh, how could you just take us through that progression over your career at esports and how it, it's led to 100 Thieves where it's at now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when we look back to the to the very early days of of esports, 2015, uh, 15 to 20 years ago, uh, it was you know a, a very underground niche. Uh, it was. Uh, the very few, very passionate people who created a a more competitive environment around video games and uh, teams were large by by a large margin simply amateur teams created with your friends or other like-minded people. And as the years progressed, and especially with the entry of Twitch, we saw. Uh, uh, an explosive growth happening around 2010, 2011, um, both in the interest from game publishers, seeing that the the once niche of competitive gaming really had become the primary driver for, for a lot of games. Uh, and suddenly there was this um, turn in, in what game developers would be focusing on. And so the organizations started getting... Uh, more serious, you know, bigger partnerships came in that allowed for for better funding for for increased um, salaries across the the various players. Teams started realizing that the importance of social media departments were 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 needed, and and really what what started out as these little amateur groups of of players then grew into to some of the biggest companies that we know of today. Uh, across the the various esports teams um 
And so the interest that then I would say, obviously Twitch is probably the the biggest one in in 2011, but uh, especially over the past three or four years, the the mainstream interest that has really come around esports, whether it's because of some of the major tournaments happening across League of Legends, Dota and Counter-Strike, where we're filling up stadiums around the world and the viewerships keep rising and so forth. We see um, regular Flow TV channels um, like TBS and so forth put on um, esports tournaments and shows. It's on ESPN and it's everywhere. Um, And suddenly all these various news outlets uh, are starting to cover it as well. So it's just uh, every year when I think to myself, oh, there's no way this can be, you know, keep growing at the pace it does. And every year the growth is even more significant than it was before. Um, And and I think it it also just, it very evidently comes to show in in, in the the, the partnerships that that these teams allow themselves to to have, right? I I don't think, uh, well, Historically speaking, uh, if we look back 10 years or five years even, these massive partnerships with companies like uh, JBL, for instance, um, they wouldn't have been possible back then simply because the interest just wasn't there. The the, the industry wasn't big enough, not professional enough, um, and the companies weren't ready to take on uh, partnerships of, of that magnitude. Um, so... You know, 2020 is just so vastly different uh, than it, than esports in in 2015, and definitely esports in 2010. That's 100% true. And it, you're right. How the partnerships matter. The brands that come in here is it's the world we live in. It's a stamp of legitimacy with some of the biggest companies in the world that don't necessarily have natural overlap. This isn't the case for JPL, but don't necessarily have natural overlap. Get involved in esports and you know a nike a puma and adidas mastercard those companies getting involved in the space is a stamp of legitimacy i think and so is jbl yeah exactly and that's that's part of it like our fans the authenticity that it adds um and how excited fans are for when we sign new partnerships and i'm not just speaking 100 thieves but but all teams in in general the uh People are genuinely excited about uh, these household names entering what was once known as this underground game that uh, you know no one really seemed to care much about. To now having gotten to a, a point in time in which all the big brands want to be involved in in one way or shape, and and most are trying to you know leave their mark the best they can, and and they do so through you know for instance partnering with with uh, what they see as being the best uh, respective fit to their brand and so um, all all of the players all of the fans all of them are just so genuinely excited that i don't think that really comes across in other sports um the way it does in esports yeah and and from a brand side even the, the conversations about these league relationships have changed. Um, you know, I could I could go back five years ago. Um, I was working in a different category on, on a different brand, um, but we were you know looking to enter into the gaming space. And I, and I can definitely say that you know, 
the, the the level of investment that was required at that time to have a serious conversation was you know probably you know a, a fifth an eighth of what you know what it is now to like really have a, a meaningful conversation with an established you know either esports team or, or or with the with the league um and i think that's just a testament to how fast this space is has growing and 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 how much more popular it has become over the last you know 5 to 10 years as jacob said Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, the growth has been meteoric. And as we wrap up this podcast, I think a natural place to end on is looking towards the future. Michael, I can imagine this is, you know, I think JBL has one other esports investment with one championship. Is that right? Or is, are there more? No, right now, this is this is our, our only one. And there are some other conversations that are in place right now, but this is the only thing that has been finalized yet. Beautiful. Is it safe to say that the brand wants to do more gaming and esports going forward? Absolutely, absolutely. Like we we're making we're looking to to, to really invest you know the right amount of resources to make this uh, the, this new JPO Quantum headset um, as as uh, you know popular as we possibly can. Um, and the only way we can do that is by building credibility through relevant partners. And so we're absolutely looking for ways to continue that. Definitely. And Jacob, over to you. As gaming has really encroached the mainstream, Michael mentioned how it's a new, another pillar of culture, uh, officially, if it wasn't already a re- uh, already one. As you look towards the future, five, ten years, I know it's hard to do with how quickly esports changes. It's almost impossible to predict. We're all just basically hanging off on the seat of our pants as, as things happen. Uh, how do you see the role of esports organizations evolving and what role they'll eventually play in this wider popular culture landscape? I think um, Fortnite specifically was a, was a, an eye opener in in how young the demographic could also be. Oftentimes, when I think back, video games was often considered something that uh, you know, especially kids would would be focusing on. But then, as as esports grew stronger over the 2010s. Um, we saw that most of the the actual competitive players and athletes were in their late teens, if not twenties, and and we see in certain games a lot of them are now in their late twenties, you know, by by nature of the industry simply not being old enough to to having established veterans until this point in time, um, and so with the uh, with the emergence of Fortnite, we uh, we saw that now a lot of the competitors were. In the age of 13, 14, 15, 16. And so there's a huge responsibility on our shoulders in making sure that the um, the entry into gaming and esports is a healthy one, it's a balanced one, and it's one where it's being done in the right way. The same way there's you know this discussion on the the influence of social media in 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 all walks of life and aspects of life today. Similarly, I think it's hugely important that how we communicate and treat each other across gaming uh, will have a lot of focus in, in the years to come. And then for esports specifically, the professionalization of uh, the various games and within esports um, needs to go through those you know, same hurdles that um, the, the more established pro leagues, such as the NBA and the NFL, uh, have done so historically. But hopefully, because of where we are today, we can all already, you know, they've made those mistakes for us and hopefully we can learn from them and, and 
overcome that way before it, anything even happens. And so that we have a, a fully professional circuit that is uh, prepared to de- develop um, health in a healthy manner, but in a in a shorter time span. You know, I, I don't personally have the, uh, the 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 patience or the capacity to wait uh, 50 years for for esports to be as popular as it suddenly as NBA suddenly became in the 90s with the entry of uh, especially the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. Like I'd I'd like for that to happen over the next 10 or 20 years. As would I, as would I. Yeah, once esports finally has its first player strike and a player holdout, that's how I'll know esports has finally made it. <laughs> one day, one day. You mentioned how we need to make this a positive space. Always a great note to end on. Don't let uh, Twitch, you know, you guys aren't you guys aren't always positive, but let's make esports a positive place. Let's make esports an inclusive place, a diverse place, a good place for everyone. Because I tell you, Brand marketers like Michael really want to see a diverse, positive place. They do not want to see a negative, toxic place. So <laughs> let's bring Absolutely. more brands in. Let's support the organizations and let's stay positive. All right. Thank you all for listening to this Esports Network podcast. This was Michael Craig, the Global Director of Marketing Cobs for Harmon, the parent company of JBL, and Jacob Toft Anderson, VP of Esports for 100 Thieves. Jacob, Michael, thanks for joining the show. It was a blast. Thanks Thank so much. you.